section twenty two of historical romance of the american negro by charles fowler this librivox recording is in the public domain chapters one and two of the american spanish war indulgent reader i had grown accustomed to think that i should now live and die and never see any more war either foreign or domestic on the part of the united states all things were running smoothly on the part of our nation and there hardly appeared the most distant cloud in our peaceful-looking skies but as robert burns the famous scotch poet most truthfully says the best laid schemes of mice and men gang after glee and leave us naught but grief and pain for promised joy in the month of february eighteen ninety five the oppressed and robbed people of cuba once more raised the standard of rebellion against spain and entered upon another struggle with the mother country the tyrant spain had broken all the promises she had made at the close of the ten years cuban war in eighteen seventy eight and thus it came to pass after an useless truce of seventeen years that the cuban leaders once more decided to raise the standard of rebellion against the tyrant considering it better to die in a war for freedom than to sit down any longer in a state of endless oppression as our own nation had had a fearful war with england in the days of george washington a war that lasted over seven years all citizens of the united states felt a great deal of sympathy for the cuban leaders and for all the cuban people a people who now devoted their lives unto death on the high places of the field and myself my own family and all my beloved race felt very very deeply for them and not only did the people of the united states but all lovers of freedom throughout the world felt the greatest sympathy for the cubans thus long weary months came and went and poor proud decrepit old spain in her antiquated way continued to borrow many millions of money at home and abroad till at last pobre espana poor spain was hardly able to pay the mere interest upon the money she had borrowed let alone the principal the patriotic cubans fought long well and nobly so did the spaniards but no real advantage was ever gained upon either side because the cubans had neither seaport nor fleet and were never able to get the spaniards out of their ancient and powerful fortifications whilst the spaniards were never able to beat the cubans off the field get them out of their strongholds among the mountains and their inaccessible retreats amidst their grand primeval forests the cubans of the united states assisted by many of our own people gathered money and loaded filibustering vessels that ran the feeble spanish blockade off the island and safely landed an untold number of cargoes of arms and ammunition for the struggling patriots while our own national feeling against spain still increased as the days went by it is very true that the government of the united states did all that it was able to preserve neutrality 
and to keep the peace with spain nay more than that we were at last obliged even to police the seas around the southern states to prevent those blockade runners from slipping away from our parts with their loads of arms and ammunition for that devoted island and we were hardly able to stop them when we had done our best thus we were put to endless trouble to watch the seas for a foreign and cruel country and that country was always laying complaints at our doors because we could watch no better when campos was captain-general of cuba the war for independence in that unhappy island was conducted with some regard to decency and civilized ways but the spanish arms made no progress and the mother country sent over the cruel general whaler usually called the butcher and gave him a free hand in putting down the islanders any way he saw fit the mind of this bad man seems to have been imbued with all the old spanish cruelties of the dark ages and all that tiger-like love for cruelty and bloodshed for which spain and the spaniards have always been so notorious the readers of the public press are no doubt well aware already of the treacherous acts cruelties and medieval deeds of barbarism to which that monster and his soldiers resorted for the purpose of suppressing the cuban rebellion the worst of them all was his gathering the country people into sea-coast towns and cities mainly women children and old men where they subsequently died by tens of thousands and thus the poor oppressed cuban nation was weakened at last to the number of at least two hundred thousand if not more and by such cold-blooded deeds and others on a smaller scale quite as cruel did that black-hearted spanish butcher wear down the population of cuba he made war upon nature and shocked the moral sense of the whole world and yet this whaler had the entire approval of the mother country while he thus caused the non-combatant part of the cubans to perish when they had the unblushing impudence to carry on the barbarities of the dark ages all over the island of cuba and right before our front door the false and wilfully lying messages that even this butcher sent home to spain from day to day about victories that he had gained over the insurgents were usually contradicted by the american and other foreign presses next day whaler excelled in nothing but writing false dispatches while the hatred against him increased both in congress and all over the united states so great indeed was the outcry against the spaniards that the proud and scornful dons kept sending more and more soldiers over the atlantic to give us to understand by that that if we americans dared to interfere between her and what she called the ever-faithful isle she would there fight uncle sam to the death and never surrender cuba captain general whaler's want of success his cruelties and countless false reports were at last so revolting to the feelings of uncle sam that spain decided to withdraw her faithful butcher and send another captain-general over and his name was general blanco he was admonished to bring the cuban leaders and the cubans to terms by wiles bribes and flattery but the patriotic cubans refused to swallow any such baits and war went on the same as before all our trade with cuba being now destroyed almost the whole island being reduced to the condition of a wilderness while the silence of the grave seemed supreme everywhere 
spain continued to make more and more fresh promises from month to month both to ourselves and to the cubans promises made in deceit and craft which she never meant to fulfil it is calculated that at one time there were two hundred thousand spanish soldiers in cuba when the cuban troops became so numerous that they even threatened havana and whipped the spanish outposts in the suburbs of the stronghold affairs at last became so unsafe and threatening for the numerous american colonists in havana and throughout cuba that the united states battleship maine was sent to the island by way of protection and she was duly anchored by the direction of the port authorities in a certain specified position within the harbor of havana alas alas we little knew what we were doing and yet for the very life of me i cannot but see that the hand of providence was in some way or other connected with the anchoring of the main in the harbour of havana it is true that we might at some time or other have interfered in the island and there put an end to the mediaeval and murderous practices of old spain carried on at our front door here in the end of the nineteenth century but war in its best state is a serious business and spain might have succeeded for a long time in gulling us with fair-faced promises she never meant to fulfil in the pride of her heart she regarded the poor cuban patriots as nothing but a gang of rebels who had they laid down their arms at her request would have been treated as so many footballs as deserving less consideration than mere dogs and cats thus it appears to me very doubtful whether we would have embarked upon a war with that proud hardy and impoverished nation that loves to talk of her former grandeur four hundred years ago but the spaniards viewed the coming of the main to havana with hatred and disgust whispers in high places in the cuban capital declared that she should be destroyed and so in fact she was for on tuesday night the fifteenth of february eighteen ninety eight the spaniards blew her up with torpedoes planted underneath her in the water this destruction of a splendid american battleship with the accompanying loss of two hundred and sixty-six lives brought much comfort and joy to the cruel spanish heart for the head gentlemen of spain at havana were known to laugh and be jolly and to drink champagne wine over the destruction of our devoted vessel but with us it was otherwise we were overwhelmed with the most profound sorrow and grief every man woman and child and all uncle sam's for our spreading union was bowed down under this sudden blow that supplies so much comfort to the heart of the spaniard he looked upon us as his enemy because of our own sympathy for the cubans and so that ship was another enemy out of his way his mirth did not prevent our national grief over the sudden murder of our two hundred and sixty-six men and the loss of the poor ship so we sat down and cried real sincere tears while the naval commission were in session at key west over the cause of the destruction of the unfortunate vessel the finding of the court of inquiry was that the vessel was not blown up from within as the spaniards pretended but was blown up from without and that by the hands of the spaniards and done on purpose by them then we wiped our tears away and every man woman and understanding child from the atlantic to the pacific and from the lakes to the gulf arose and took an oath that that cruel and bloody nation of spaniards should leave this hemisphere bag and baggage and that we should make them 
then the shout remember the main was heard all over the land congress demanded spain's withdrawal from american waters or else that war should be levied on her forthwith now did the regent mother country send letters to all the magnates of europe begging them to intercede and make peace between the americans and spaniards but from all quarters came the same reply you and the americans help yourselves this is not our war hold thee ever faithful isle if you are able while the war clouds were gathering the spaniards still ran around europe praying and screeching for help uncle sam went swiftly to work laid down fifty million dollars instantly and quickly bought up a number of newly built and powerful men of war from foreign nations bought and hired swift and powerful merchant vessels and swiftly clad them round their sides and all over their decks with steel mail so that they might boldly plough the waves and do as useful service as the very best of ironclads of effete old spain uncle sam made two swift calls for troops and almost every white and coloured man replied we come we come so terrible indeed was the impression produced by the loss of our poor ship and the murder of two hundred and sixty-six men at havana that almost every coloured and white man in this nation seemed even to sigh and thirst to go and fight with spain women by thousands and tens of thousands offered themselves as nurses and to be used in any way that the government pleased our coloured men once slaves or the children of slaves but now loyal freemen came forward almost to a man and with quite as much patriotism as their white brethren at least offered themselves as ready quite ready to march to the war uncle sam's great difficulty lay in his having too many offers on his hands so he picked and chose and did his best the fleet of course encountered a little more difficulty in filling up but the flower of our youth even the sons of millionaires among the rest came trooping on in thousands and our fleet was manned splendidly men were sent south by thousands and tens of thousands the trains carried them down every day accompanied with immense loads of ammunition and all the appliances of war our new and old war vessels were gathered about key west etc and others were placed near our great harbors which harbors fended by torpedoes and other means of offence and defence by this time our demand upon spain to get out of the west indies had been received by the proud dons and had been refused by them as we expected so we moved on with the war and our own four regiments of regular coloured united states troops the ninth and tenth cavalry and the twenty fourth and twenty fifth infantry which had been brought from the far west to chickamauga park were brought down to key west in order to be at hand to sail over to cuba along with their white brothers when the ever faithful isle fair cuba the queen of the antilles should be invaded by all the boys in blue i am not aware that even the most rabid misanthrope in the united states believed in his heart that there was one colored man who was not willing to go to the war and also able to do yeoman service in knocking down the spaniards if he were allowed to get at them it is true that charges were made against some of us but charges were also made in the same way against the whites it is true that some of our men made their marching to war conditional on their now having their own colored officers but that demand was right and they only asked their own 
our hereditary enemies are not all dead by any means yet either they are less formidable or we ourselves are growing more independent the small pettifogging journalist tried to make the usual capital out of our men holding out for his most undoubted rights for what would a white regiment indeed think if the law was that none but colored officers should be placed over white men and yet that was the very thing that certain men white men in our nation demanded namely that none but white officers should be placed in command of colored soldiers it is very true there were a few colored officers in the ranks and colored chaplains but like angels visits they were few and far between but the spanish war was on and colored men had to go or stay some demanded officers of their own race seeing they were competent to fill such positions as the whitest of men it was only the dregs of slavery in the bottom of the cup that were left it was only the difference between a dark skin and a light one don't you know well quite a number of the governors granted the colored regiments their petitions gave them all the officers of their own race from colonel down and it has been proven that they have acted and succeeded as well as white officers could ever have possibly done other governors hesitated about granting their just demands and claimed that white officers ought to be placed over colored men but as i said before the war was now under way and as too much time could not be lost in wrangling in this unseemly manner over a matter after all no greater than the colour of the skin our brave fellows in some of the states said they were willing to give way and go and fight the spaniards under command of white officers in some states there was no dispute it is a well-known fact that coloured men have often been greatly attached to their white officers and in like manner these officers have been greatly attached to their own soldiers and thus they have got along harmoniously together at all times at the same time this knotty point has been settled once for all in many a state and the men coloured men i mean have been allowed to have the officers of their own choice no doubt the time will come when all these trumpery distinctions will be done away the dregs of slavery washed out of the cup the time will come in the united states when white men will be led by colored officers and colored men will be led by white officers life is really too short for such foolishness as squabbling over small trifles like these one thing i know the bible tells us that god has made of one blood all the races that dwell upon earth the readings in the public papers about the enthusiasm of colored men for the war against the spaniards was most refreshing taken as a whole white men of every walk in life awarded them the very highest possible praise for their love of drilling for their great willingness to be drilled and for the great progress they made in drilling some of them indeed seemed to be drilling both in season and out of season because even after their officers had given them all their needful drilling for the passing day they would themselves get together and drill themselves for a whole hour or for an hour and a half at a time i must not forget a most unusually lively letter i saw from key west at the time that our four regiments of regulars united states were lying there in readiness to sail over to cuba this letter stated that they were regiments of grand men tall powerful splendid fellows full of life humor and enthusiasm and that they looked as if they would be able to lick three or four spaniards apiece no doubt our glorious fellows were far more than a match for the spaniards who only weighed about a hundred and thirty pounds apiece stood five feet six inches in height and few of them seem able to shoot straight while our men stand six feet are powerful and can hit the mark almost every time 
thus time passed on while the entire colored race all over the land took the deepest interest in the war calling upon the war department for sending to the president whenever there was occasion for the same a conference of the zion a m e church at the commencement of the war sat in baltimore at which time a notice was sent forth throughout the nation that ten new cadets for some military reason or other were to be brought forward the conference here stepped forward and did the right thing they drew up a most respectful and patriotic address upon the subject to the president and asked that three cadets out of those ten should be men of color the address was then sealed up and sent to mckinley at baltimore also under the leadership of dr bryant a regiment of colored men was organized and drilled in good earnest at first many of these young volunteers were awkward enough but we are all awkward in the beginning so they persevered and in the course of time became quite proficient and i have no doubt had the war lasted and they had gone to the front and met the spaniards in the open field that they would have whipped them hip and thigh as other colored troops did later on the spirit of all our people was most excellent we were determined to see ourselves righted and there were none but a few old soreheads that stood in our way while we are getting ready to give the dons a proper knockdown on his own ground it may not be amiss to notice the most unusual display of american flags the stars and stripes that was made here all over our beautiful city of buffalo where we still reside at first we thought that the queen city of the lakes as our city is called was simply ultra patriotic and wanted to be ahead of all our neighbors but soon all eyes were opened wide at our grand mistake for we learned that there was hardly a city town village or hamlet in the union where the self-same grand array of star-spangled banners did not obtain it was flags 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 from one end of the nation to the other nothing but flags i think i am safe in saying that in any moderate-sized city of the union there were ten thousand flags flying at least and these national emblems of faith loyalty and love were all sizes from the smallest to the largest and not alone upon the broad street did the banners fly but in all the smaller streets and alleys away up the narrow and crooked alleys where the poorer families of both races were found these self-same beautiful banners fluttered to the breeze and plainly said we are here in defence of our native country no more oppressive dons for us freedom for cuba and for all the world tis the star-spangled banner oh long may it wave but the national feeling was exhibited in thousands of other ways besides the flags in the open streets great meetings were held all over the land sermons were preached and public prayers ascended to the throne of grace for the speedy triumph of our armies over the oppressive spaniards the very envelopes that went through the post office were stamped with miniature flags and pictures of the main were hung up in almost every house no doubt many an ingenious man cleared a good round sum by a newly brought out device that was cast upon the public and eagerly bought up by almost everybody an immense quantity of patriotic poetry was also written and scattered broadcast to all the four winds of heaven and it was read and quoted with most unbounded enthusiasm music came in now for its full share all the patriotic songs we had were sung and played in public and private to their own well-known tunes the star-spangled banner indeed took the cake and seemed to be everywhere floating in the air even john bull our true and faithful friend across the seas fell into line with us and he placed the star-spangled banner from one end of the british isles to the other mother england indeed was most loyal to us even before we struck a blow at the spaniards for she set down her foot against privateering on the high seas and spain submitted to her against her own will
End of chapter one. Chapter two. The brave exploits of our colored regiments around Santiago de Cuba. Their rescue of the Rough Riders with the wounded in the hospitals. Regiments that never went to war. Great flag presentations at New Orleans. The colored chaplains, the killed, wounded, and sick of the war coming home and disbanding etc the glorious results of the war colored men did their duty glory to god in the highest the reader will naturally expect an account of marching and countermarching pitched battles skirmishing and all kinds of military operations such as i have already described in the war of eighteen sixty one to sixty five and the reader is justified in such expectations but this american spanish war was one of the very shortest conflicts ever recorded in history for the whole affair was over in less than four months having begun towards the end of april and concluded on the twelfth of august eighteen ninety eight the readers of my own people will now ask if there was no opportunity given us whereby we might show our prowess upon the battlefield like our anglo-saxon brothers well yes we had opportunities given us to show of what kind of material we were made and i believe that all the generals officers and soldiers in the army awarded us the most unstinted praise for what we did and they did it with a most hearty good will the heaviest fighting by land was done around the city of santiago de cuba the second city of the island and the old spanish capital of the same santiago which means st james in spanish was very strongly fortified and pretty well defended by the ancient and modern methods of an old nation going down in the world on account of the great danger of assaulting a city built upon hills and thus strongly defended by nature and art uncle sam wisely decided to send his veteran troops there not merely the pick and cream of the volunteers but first of all the old well-seasoned regulars of the american standing army of which there were four regiments of colored men that is to say the ninth and tenth cavalry and the twenty-fourth and twenty-fifth infantry among the first that went to santiago in general shafter's expedition were those four regiments brave powerful well-built fellows big brawny men who could knock spaniards over like nine pins and smite them hip and thigh like the heroes of old in the different engagements that took place while the enemy was being driven into his beleaguered city and was being pushed back back farther and farther into the fortifications of santiago these colored regiments did splendid service laying on with might and main and making their enemy flee before them into his last retreat our troops were usually mixed up with the whites in the days in the end of june and the beginning of july and thus the history of the one is the history of the other seeing therefore that they had been so well trained as regulars we need not wonder that they acquitted themselves so well in the preliminary assault that occurred before preparations were made for the final advance on the doomed city that part of the operations of our men that caused most noise to be made in the newspapers and elsewhere took place when colonel roosevelt and his rough riders advanced up one of the hills that was overgrown with dense brushwood where the spaniards had dug trenches along the face of the hill and had run powerful wire fences along the front of those trenches from which they fired upon the americans as they came up the hillside the rough riders had a hard time of it as they advanced in the face of the showers of balls that were poured down upon them little progress did they make although they laid down again and again to let those leaden showers pass over their devoted heads 
colonel roosevelt had a horse killed under him jumped off the animal before it carried him under as it fell and advanced up the hill in advance of all his men shouting to them to come on well of course the men did come on but some were killed here and others were wounded there well as for the spaniards they went down like grass before the scythe as a general thing they were bad shots as might be expected of a dying nation still bragging of the deeds of their ancestors four hundred years back and they themselves swollen with ignorance and pride too haughty to be taught better ways thus the rough riders gravely struggled up the hillside cutting the wire fences as they went clearing the retreating spaniards out of the rifle pits or trenches rather lying down and advancing again and again as best they could it was evident that they must suffer great losses or might even fail altogether at this very crisis the ninth and tenth cavalry or united states colored troops were ordered forward to the rescue of their dismounted brothers and so dismounted they advanced up the hillside laughing and hurrahing with as much strained ease as cheerfully as if they had been upon their old parade grounds in the far west success against the enemy was now assured our brave well-seasoned veterans from the west fired advanced laid down chatted and laughed with their white brothers as they lay upon the ground partly hidden among the brushwood tall grasses and bushes of the cuban jungle and thus the day there was saved and the white men were saved by the ninth and tenth cavalry just in the selfsame way as white and black had often saved one another during the civil war in the sixties the wire fences were cut the trenches were cleared of their occupants the hilltop was gained the spaniards were set upon the run down the hill on the other side and now our men could see their enemies and have a straight shot at them as they ran down the open in full retreat and rapid flight our own trained heroes followed fast after them dropping on one knee every now and then to get a steadier aim at the fleeing spaniards and thus they fell at a rapid rate before our guns well it is true that there was no desire among our own men to be vain of their achievements when they had thus timely assisted in saving and winning the field still the wild and hearty cheers that were there and then given to the black soldiers by their white comrades were very encouraging indeed to the hearts of the former many of the letters sent home and published in the papers were quite unstinted in their praise and showed how the white men shouted their loudest huzzas to the colored men swung their arms and caps in the air and made other demonstrations of mutual good will and delight most of the republican papers and even some of the democratic and others wrote editorials and other shorter and well-appointed paragraphs too numerous for me either to mention or extract with the exception of the sore heads and those whose stubborn natures love to hide all such promising things and keep them from public favor there were none who failed to do us that justice to which we were entitled as for the twenty-fourth and the twenty-fifth colored infantry they lent a hand in the different actions that were fought around santiago and are well spoken of by one and all whose duty love or pleasure it was to record the details of the fighting that took place in the environments of santiago de cuba but what shall we say of all those many regiments of colored men who were raised in many different states and drilled and put in a state of readiness to march forward to the war and assist in knocking down the tottering powers of old and bigoted spain 
did those men do nothing for their country after all their drillings and other mighty preparations for the purpose of going to the field what was the use of camp this or camp that or camp the other place to them either for good luck or bad luck as it turned out all those camps were of no use at all to them and it was just the same with the white volunteers and their camps all indeed were drilled and laid to be called away at any moment all were in perfect readiness to go and even very greatly desired to go but few went for their services were not required as the war came to an end on the twelfth of august because old spain was fast going to the wall as the bible says of the wicked i will laugh at your calamity and mock when your fear cometh in fact most that had been done in the war so far had been done upon the sea dewey and schley had sunk spain's best warships which circumstance placed the spanish peninsula entirely at our mercy then she was bankrupt and inferior to the united states in every way we had lost two hundred and sixty-four men in the war who were killed outright but how many thousands spain lost she is probably too proud ever to let us know she probably lost at least fifty to our one a great deal has been written about the hospitals in and around santiago and the conduct and sufferings of the patients who were treated there it has been universally stated of the colored men who were treated for wounds that they were most exemplary and patient in every way and even ready and willing to give way in favor of those white soldiers who lay side by side with them waiting to be treated by the doctors on hand it is really touching to read in the public papers how our men insisted on their unfortunate suffering neighbors being treated first and that they themselves would wait he is worse than i am i can wait and he is shot through the body while i am only wounded in the arms save him first this is the very essence of all generosity this indeed is the most tender-hearted mercy and christianity if there is any bravery and nobility of character upon earth this indeed is it and the white americans in the hospital were quite as generous as the colored men to both their colored and white companions according to the direct testimony and eyewitness of foreign and domestic correspondents right there and then on the ground there was no color line even dreamed of in the fields and hospitals of santiago it is only in the day of health and pride that people can afford to draw that line but in the day of distress and when death is hovering over us then all that kind of foolishness is driven far away and we only know that god has made of one blood all the nations upon the earth it is quite refreshing to look back even now and think upon the grand times we had when flags were raised on our houses or flags were presented to regiments of volunteers getting ready to go to fight the spaniards i here select from the southwestern christian advocate of new orleans an organ of the m e church the following vivid description of the presentation of a flag of two colored troops at new orleans a glorious day and a great crowd on wednesday of last week july twentieth there took place in this city the most patriotic demonstration that it has ever been my privilege to witness it was the occasion of the formal presentation of the regimental flag the national colors and a red cross flag to the ninth infantry regiment of united states volunteers by the afro-american citizens of new orleans fully ten thousand people took part in what has been said to be the most enthusiastic gathering around the nation's flag that has ever assembled in the crescent city for years if ever before 
political parties and denominational antagonisms were lost sight of in the fixed purpose to do honor to our boys in blue it was thrilling inspiring to see a thousand black soldiers standing in line before the grandstand with eyes to the front and ears attentive to the words of the speakers the committee on program had done their work well in selecting such an array of talent for the occasion the honorable j madison vance was master of ceremonies the grace and dignity with which he conducted the exercises were worthy of the occasion reverend w r butler pastor of the first street of emmy church led in a fervent and earnest prayer for the protection of our boys and the success of our army reverend dr scott the editor of the southwestern christian advocate was the orator of the day his speech was scholarly burning with eloquence and full of patriotism and words of advice for the black boys in blue again and again he was interrupted by the wildest applause by the vast concourse of people i'm sorry that space forbids the giving of the whole address i simply give this he said we shall always look to you as our regiment our boys we are glad to see you here glad to have you respond so readily to your country's call glad you had the opportunity to do so we present this flag hoping it will ever signify to you the interest we feel in you and impress you with your responsibility to your country and your race we are a part of a great nation and there are many reasons why we should be patriotic and true the strength of a nation is largely measured by its patriotism if the citizens of a country are devoted to the highest and best interests of that country there is little cause to fear patriotism enlists armies and develops martyrs the flag was presented by dr l h reynolds editor of the african methodist published in this city dr reynolds is gifted as a speaker and the thrilling occasion warmed his heart his words patriotic and weighty stirred the entire assembly which cheered him to the echo at the conclusion of the address mr vance introduced major armand roman as a remarkable son from one of the best homes of the south who received the beautiful and costly flag with well-chosen words as the flag was unfolded the cheering was deafening the officers and soldiers joined with the people in cheering the colors of the ninth regiment this flag was purchased by a committee of ladies and gentlemen organized for that purpose the red cross flag was presented by miss emma m williams who represented the donor the phyllis wheatley club and it was received on behalf of the regiment by lieutenant barnett the national colors were given by the israel lodge of the grand united order of odd fellows and they were presented in a happy speech by the reverend r a alston of this city major harrison in his characteristic and earnest way received the colors for the regiment amid great applause colonel crane major harrison and the other members of the staff were called forward and given three cheers most heartily the rev t a wilson on behalf of the a m e church presented the regiment with a number of small bibles and song-books resolutions pledging loyal support to president kinley and the country were unanimously adopted among others who served on the program were miss e v edwards miss ida cohen miss naomi kitchens and mr a lewis the soldiers seemed happy over the way their friends and loved ones remembered them and i am sure they will sustain the confidence of their friends at home never letting the old flag touch the ground r e j the above article is taken from the southwestern christian advocate of new orleans for thursday the twenty eighth of july eighteen ninety eight there is more of it but the lines that follow are only taken up with the names of those who were on the different committees 
the careful reader must have observed in the article given above what a large share the preachers of the gospel had in the above flagged presentations at new orleans and right here it may be proper for me to remark that the entire press of this country so far as they have written on the subject had given the greatest praise to the colored chaplains of the four regular regiments united states cavalry and infantry and mentioned what a deal their fatherly care and guidance had to do with the building up of the troops and the same is equally true of those chaplains of those volunteer regiments that got ready for the field but never went to the war because they were not called upon to do so although the war with spain is now over at this writing september eighteen ninety eight i know not what may be the ultimate destination of the numerous colored volunteer regiments that were organized for the war which will be retained for the country's service and which will be disbanded and sent home there is however one regiment from illinois all the officers being colored from the colonel down who have been sent to assist in the garrisoning of santiago de cuba the authorities at washington have not been slow to reward bravery in the late war with spain as the following short article from an exchange will show negro bravery rewarded washington d c august eighteen ninety eight six colored non-commissioned officers who rendered particularly gallant and meritorious service in the face of the enemy in the actions around santiago on july first and second have been appointed second lieutenants in two of the colored immune regiments recently organized under special acts of congress these men are sergeants william washington of troop f and john c proctor of troop i of the ninth cavalry and sergeants william mcbonejar of company h wyatt hoffman of company g mason russell of company h and andrew j smith of company b of the twenty-fifth infantry commanded by colonel daggett these two negro regiments were in the thick of the fierce fighting at el caney and san juan and won high praise for their courage and efficiency the ninth cavalry was also with the rough riders at la casina as the above extract will show there has been a disposition shown at washington to reward bravery and reward it at once people have not been wanting to point out who ought to be honored and honor has been forthcoming on all hands while i am engaged writing these pages the war is practically over and a great many of the regiments are being disbanded and sent home it is expected however that a larger army will be maintained at the national expense than ever before we used to support twenty five thousand men but now we have the philippine islands cuba and puerto rico on our hands besides home duties and the hawaiian islands and therefore we shall need more men than before at least for some time to come but all these things must be settled by the authorities at washington but it is now my mournful task once more to revert to the two hundred and sixty-six men killed on the main and the two hundred and sixty-four killed in battle our list of wounded was much higher while those who died of fevers contracted in the tropical climates and came home sick were indeed a mournful subject for us to think about our men were not used to the heat and rains of the east and west indies or even to the lowlands of florida and other far southern states which rendered them more helpless than children so that many died far away from home while others were too weak to be moved some died on the way and many were carried into our hospitals as soon as they arrived at their destinations most of those who could stand the journey were sent on their way home and all seemed to be glad that the war was over 
it is hardly necessary for me to say that this war has largely had the happy result of greatly elevating the character of the united states before the whole world we are now a second-class naval power and our praises are sung in all lands from one end of the world to the other our armies that fought on shore at manila and santiago have been honored by the nations of the earth mother england and all the rest no matter whether they are willing or not immense good will follow to cuba puerto rico the philippines and indeed all mankind for we will teach them what a moral christian and talented people we are and we have done all this in less than four months at the loss of very few lives indeed and not at much expense i feel that almighty god has been the head and spring of all this and i am also proud that my own people have done their whole duty and done it well beulah lincoln finis End of section 22.